0: You're listening to the leader of the unofficial opposition, the rebel himself. Beyond the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580
1: CFRA. There is hope for the world, my friends, hope for the world. That's my view tonight. Welcome to Beyond the News. I'm Brian Lilly broadcasting from upstairs at the bell media market mall and um downstairs by the way i just not that i'm bitter but there's a big party going on called a taste of ottawa and um i'm not going to say that security told me i had to leave or that they kicked me out but they got all the radio personalities in and a bunch of the tv folks and and they've got listeners in and uh and i'm upstairs you know while people eat egg rolls and poutine and uh, pulled pork sliders, I'm up here. But I'm still in a good mood. And I'm in a good mood because a little bit of sanity prevailed. Now, I'm not going to say this is all good because big report out today at Ottawa City Hall dealing with the issue of Uber. Uber is a problem across the country because vehicles for hire is both a a provincial issue, and a municipal issue. It's not a federal issue. So there's no big federal law that they're going to come up with. And cities have been wrestling with what to do. Montreal Mayor Denny Coder angrily said, oh, they're not welcome here. John Tory in Toronto kind of just washing his hands. Calgary, they don't even have it. I remember arriving at an event with John Robson and... um an entrepreneur from here in town named Gord Miller, and we all arrived in Calgary for the same event, pulled out our phones trying to call an Uber to take us to our airport, uh, our hotel. We couldn't figure out why there weren't any. They just don't exist in Calgary. So it's a spotty issue, and municipalities have been trying to figure out how to deal with this, considering how entrenched the taxi industry is, considering the fact that the taxi industry exists and is regulated the way it is because of actions of the city. Well, today, a report commissioned by the city of Ottawa called for a loosening of regulations on the taxi industry and some regulation of Uber as they train level the playing field. I don't know enough about it to say if this is perfect, and I'm hearing good things from some, and people complaining, and so everyone's going to have to take time to go through it. But here's why I'm saying that there is hope because of this. Young people love Uber. Young people love Airbnb. Young people love this free enterprise mentality that allows them to go on their phone and book a room to stay in, find a parking spot through Rover. Get a ride through Uber. These are all free enterprise solutions. And they're winning. And they're doing well. I have nothing against the taxi industry. And I have said many times, the taxi industry in Ottawa, better than it is in Toronto. Better than it is in many parts of the country. But, free enterprise does not rely on a $300,000 taxi plate and a managed system that says you can't enter the marketplace without paying this fee. That's not free enterprise. Young people are embracing free enterprise, and I'm not sure that they know it, but it is up to us to explain it to them. We all know the old saying, if you're not a socialist when you're young, You have no heart, and if you're not a conservative when you're old, you have no brain. These young people still vote like they're socialists. They vote New Democrat, or they vote New Democrat Light and Justin Trudeau. If they're down in the States, they'd be voting for Bernie Sanders. But they love things like Uber. And if you don't know Airbnb, it's the hotel equivalent. You want a room for 70 bucks tonight? Download the app, register, sign in, book something. This is why I say it's a hopeful sign. I think that we can harness this and say, this is why free enterprise works. Even the online revolution, be it YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, these things exist because of free enterprise. The entire the entirety of their little millennial world is because of free enterprise. Now, often these companies, because they become big companies, turn around and sell them socialism. There's a uh, a media outlet called Vice, it was started by a bunch of Canadians. It's based in the United States now, but started by a bunch of Canadians. At least one of them was from Ottawa. And um, they've made out like bandits, but they sell kids socialism because they, they know it'll make them money. But I look at this embracing of these free enterprise solutions to real problems, and let's face it, in many parts of the country or across North America, taxis have been expensive, they have been dirty, they have been... Old when I first got to Ottawa, if you got in a taxi, and buses at that point I believe ended about midnight, that was a shock to my system. Came from a town half the size of Ottawa, couldn't believe that buses ended at midnight. I walked out of a bar at one o'clock to catch a bus home and found out there were none. But young people embrace these free enterprise solutions to these real problems. Now we need to make them see. They need to change their whole mindset, because if you love these solutions, why do you keep voting for the people that want to regulate it? Why do you keep voting for the people that want to ensure there are no free enterprise solutions? Free enterprise is going to win the day. It always does. When people get the choice, they like having the choice. And you only get choices in a free enterprise system. You don't get choices in a regulated system, such as we have in things like, oh, dairy in Canada. You know that we still have a regulated agriculture industry for parts of it? Not all of it, but parts of it? We can slowly break down these walls, and the people in the industry are going to cry and say that this can't happen because they won't be able to make money. People are still able to make money. People are still able to earn a living. But the consumer will get more choices, the service will be better, and free enterprise will win out in the end. We need to take these opportunities when they come, and you have 11,000 people signing a petition to say, let Uber into the city of Ottawa or you've got similar petitions anywhere, wherever you are. We've got to take these opportunities to then turn around and explain, you like this? Well, here's why it works. It works because of free enterprise, less regulation, less government interference, more freedom, the things that we cherish, the things that we want to be passed on, but the things that the kids don't hear about in their school. They don't hear that these are good ideas. They don't hear that these are the things that underpin our society. But that is exactly what they do. That's my 50,000-foot view of the Uber decision or recommendation from Ottawa City Hall. Later on in the program, we'll bring in Alison Sandor. She was down there to read the report, speak to the players. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk to Lisa Raitt, the conservative finance critic, about why Bill Morneau doesn't speak the English language anymore, and doesn't understand the words he's saying. We've got a lot coming your way in the next several hours. But I wanted to give you that 50,000-foot view of this small decision at Ottawa City Hall and say, this is why it's a good thing. This is why this is hopeful, and this is why it should be celebrated. I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News. There's a party downstairs. I'm upstairs. But I'm not bitter. More after this.
0: On the News with Brian Lilly. Join the resistance on Facebook and Twitter at CFRA Ottawa.
1: I'm sighing because I'm dreaming of another slider from Fat Boys. Um... It's not an ad from them. They just happen to have good food, and their food happens to be downstairs. Taste of Ottawa happening here in the building tonight. And uh, I, I, will, I, I will admit to you, I will sneak downstairs now and again uh, on commercial breaks to try and get some food. Apparently, there's these amazing donuts down there that I just have not had, that I have to have. Did have some egg rolls. We'll, we'll get into some of that. I've been talking to some people, and I'll bring you some sounds of the, uh, the Taste of Ottawa. Because Ottawa used to have a reputation for horrible food and, oh, culture in Ottawa is backwards. You know, I'm not sure if it was ever true, but it's definitely not true now. The restaurants in this town are first class. Uh, you know, No longer can someone come to town and say, oh, where is there a good restaurant? And have someone say, Toronto. Not the case. Not the case at all. And some of them are downstairs. We'll bring you some of those sounds later on. But my job is not to whine to you. Uh, about being um, up here while everything else is going on downstairs. My job is to bring you the news, bring you my thoughts on the news and what is going on in the world, just so everyone knows that I don't just say bad things about Justin Trudeau, okay? I don't. Even if I think the media gets a little crazy over a um, three-year-old photo of him doing yoga and photos of his socks... Yes, the Globe and Mail actually has a photo gallery up of Justin Trudeau's socks today. Who wants to talk about policy? He gave a major speech to an American business audience today, and he's down there for a nuclear safety summit, but let's put up a photo gallery of Justin Trudeau's fun socks because he doesn't just wear black and navy blue socks. What? This is the Globe and Mail. They're acting like they're BuzzFeed. Anyway, Trudeau was asked a very important question on CNBC, and I'm surprised he hasn't been asked this in Canada yet. If he has been asked, then I've missed it. But it is something that I talked about with, with Dean Brown the other day while filling in for Rob Snow, the fact that mm, first time since 1970, and I didn't realize it was that long when I talked to, uh, to Dean Brown about it, first time since 1970, no Canadian team in the NHL playoffs, nowhere in the playoffs. Not even Leafs going out to golf after the first round. Nowhere. Trudeau's doing the interview on CNBC and is asked about this.
2: There are good years and bad years, and uh, you know my my beloved Montreal Canadiens are going
1: through <laughs> a, a bit of a tough year, but uh, I know we're going to bounce back. Last year, you know how many Canadian teams were in the playoffs? Five. Five. Now. Zero. But, hey, we got the Ottawa 67s. Yay. Anyway, uh, this is a bizarre story I've been following on the periphery for a while. There's a woman who is a United Church minister in Toronto. Her name is Greta Vosper. Now, when she was ordained a United Church minister, she believed in God. She believed what the United Church believed, and the United Church, despite it claims to the contrary, does actually have a statement of belief. This woman now says she doesn't believe in God, she doesn't believe in the Bible, she is an atheist, and she wonders why the United Church is trying to get rid of her. The church has been trying to fire her for a while and saying, look, you can't be in a United Church minister if you don't believe anything we believe. She's like, no, my congregation likes me and I just talk about nice things. So she is actually shocked that they're trying to remove her from the pulpit.
3: In the past, churches have chosen their clergy according to their theological perspective, and that relationship has really been between the congregation and the minister, and now a court of the church can intervene in that relationship and terminate
1: it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because you don't believe anything they believe, and on the front door— and the sign outside, it says United Church of Canada, not United Church of Greta Vosper. There's nothing that's stopping this woman from going and starting her own Sunday coffee clatch. But don't go out there and say that you are a leader in the United Church of Canada. You can't do it. You know, it'd be like opening a Tim Hortons and selling submarine sandwiches, but no donuts. Well, that's between me and the customers. No, it says Tim Hortons out front. You're going to sell coffee and donuts and sandwiches. No, I just want to sell this. No, you can't do that. I hope the woman gets kicked to the curb, and if she wants to set up her own thing, hey, all power to her, but no, this isn't how the life works. RCMP Commissioner Bob Paulson is someone that I've had um, uh, back and forth. I I don't know the man. I, I don't even think I've met him, but in terms of my view of him, it has been back and forth uh, I've called for him to be uh, fired after the high river gun grab, the biggest civil rights abuse by police in Canadian history that still does not get the attention it deserves and then I, I I felt sympathy for him as he's dealt with some tough issues but i'm I'm really not sure, maybe we'll put this to the phone lines later on. I'm really not sure that he's having the best reaction here to the issue of sexual harassment inside the RCMP. But he was asked about it, and Paulson said, well, you know, partly what happens can be blamed on the nature of policing.
4: Let's face it, in law enforcement, because of the stress, because of the nature of the work, because of the hours, because of the collegial sort of nature of it, it's a ripe area for behaviors that are less than professional."
1: Uh, that was Paulson. He was speaking to members of the uh, Vancouver Board of Trade. Um, you know, the RCMP definitely has had problems, and um, and those have to be dealt with. But let me say this: they've been dogged on this by uh, people, organizations like CBC, which has their own problems. But trust me, when you try and get an A tip on CBC and their problems, they don't like it. And they do everything they can to block it. Finally, uh, I'm going to have kind words for Donald Trump because Donald Trump has been uh, talking about how NATO is not the organization it could be or should be because the other countries don't pull their weight. Well, that has some people upset and um, including the president of Poland. Polish President Andrzej Duda does not envy a U.S. president.
5: It is a gigantic responsibility.
1: While Duda and other leaders can focus on domestic needs, the U.S. has a special role.
5: The interest of the United States is also what is happening in other places across the globe.
2: Which means taking the global security lead. Donald Trump says the U.S.
1: plays too big a role in NATO and it's time for other nations to step up. Duda said through an interpreter at the German Marshall Fund of the U.S., He is asking Washington for more military help. Sagar Meghani at the Pentagon. Well, they should all be paying more. That includes Canada. We're all supposed to be paying 2% of our GDP towards military spending as members of NATO. Most NATO countries don't even spend 1%. I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News. More on that Uber decision at Ottawa City Hall coming up after the break.
0: He's hated in official Ottawa, which is okay in our books. Beyond the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: Uber. Good decision or bad? I opened the show by saying there's hope because all these millennials embracing Uber and Airbnb and the so-called sharing economy... I wonder if they dubbed that so it sounds more communistic. But the fact is it's very free market, and this is good. This is good because then we can say, look, you love these things? Let's point out that this is the result of the free market, not over regulation by government. Alison Sandor joins me now. She covers City Hall here at CFRA, and um, you've been going over this report and talking to people on both sides of the issue. Is anybody happy? out of this, first off, let me ask, other than consumers?
5: And Uber? I mean, if I was Uber, I'd be over the moon right now because now I know that when my drivers are out on the streets, they won't be targeted by bylaw trying to find them for operating Ill- illegally. So basically, this this review, which was highly anticipated and a long time coming, came out today, and we found out that KPMG came up with 70, 7 recommendations. And of those 70... All but three have been accepted by city staff who are basically saying that they should go forward with them. Now, the three most significant changes to the regular taxi bylaw are to create one, an entirely new licensing category for what they call PTCs, which is basically private transportation companies like Uber, and also sort of to... To make it a little bit more liberal and lenient for people who are currently taxi drivers. Now Diane Deans is the chair of the Community Safety and Protective Services Committee.
6: In moving toward a more modern, innovative and competitive market environment, the city no longer believes that the same level of regulation that existed in the past will be necessary in the future. Assuming City Council agrees with the staff recommendations to license new hailing technology, staff are also recommending taking the handcuffs off the taxi industry, trusting that greater competition will ultimately lead to improved customer
5: service and satisfaction. So what does this all mean? Well, basically, for when it comes to companies like Uber, they can now go in, and depending on the size of their fleet, they will be charged a licensing fee for the year and that they could then, I guess, pass along to their drivers. And then per trip or per ride, each car would be uh, charged a, a, a surcharge of 10.5 cents. That would have to go back to the city. What that really will look like, though... I'm not sure how much revenue the city's going to make by ten and a half cents per trip. Oh, a lot over the year. I think they will. It'll be interesting it, it to so, see for it sure. It sounds
1: like a little, but I think they'd make a lot. But you, you've got a hundred v- vehicles affiliated with your organization. You're going to pay a hundred or more. You're only going to pay seven thousand two hundred and fifty-three dollars. Mm-hmm. So if you're a company like Uber, or we keep hearing about this competitor in the states called Lyft, that that's peanuts. They can right. pay that now. I would have thought the taxi uh, companies would have been happy at least with some of it. I mean, they're going to reduce taxi driver license fees. Mm -hmm. They're going to waive the accessible taxi driver license fee. They're going to um, bring in uh, getting rid of the dollar fifty credit charge processing fee. Because I've talked to the guys, I said, "How come you just can't use Square on your phone and the money goes into your bank account?" They said, "We're not allowed."
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, You know, Square. I've got one of these devices. It plugs into your smartphone. You can take credit card payments anywhere for anything.
5: Yep, but uh, that's part of the regulation process with taxis that they're trying to unhandcuff. Okay,
1: them. so I, but you know, are, are they happy?
5: No, I've never seen Amrix. Oh, I've seen Emmerich sing angry. He's <laughs> the union, the president of the taxi drivers union. But uh, he was up in arms today. We said
7: always there have to be one kind of rules for everybody. We live in a society where everybody is same, everybody is equal. What we always said was, there are on one side 2,500 families who are making their living out of driving cabs. On the other side, there are financial interests of a multinational, multibillionaire foreign companies, and I think. Today, those 2,500 families are being ignored.
5: And so where the issue lies for them is in a couple of things. One of them is that for regular taxis, they're not allowed, not going to be allowed to charge surge fees. So a surge fee, Brian, is basically, you know, when it's really, really busy downtown, Uber fees spike. They get higher taxi drivers are capped to the metered rate. So the the thought from the city's perspective is, well, if you don't care about how much you're paying, you'll take an Uber. If, you know, you have a regular appointment, a doctor's appointment every week, you're going to take a taxi because you're going to know well, how I much mean, it's going to cost. Not
1: necessarily, Alice. If I log into Uber and it says 1.5 times the regular fee because surge is in effect, and I've seen 1.2, 1.5, 1.9, 2.1, until it gets really high... It's still going to be cheaper to go with Uber than a taxi.
5: Right, right. But what they're saying is if you want that consistency where you know exactly how much it's going to be, that's the city's argument anyway. I
1: I can see why the the taxi industry would be upset because they've been regulated to death for a long time and they've been playing by the rules. Right. And they did say, give us one set of rules. Now, I've talked to drivers over the last several months and said, OK, you do you want Uber regulated like you are or would you be happy to have le- less regulation and you're all on the same playing field? They said as long as we're all on the same playing field.
5: And, and one major thing that will make sure that they are never on the same playing field is that these taxi drivers who do this for a living go out and buy these taxi plates from the city. And as they're passed around and they're moved around and go from owner to owner, the price gets jacked up and jacked up and jacked up. And as you pointed out off air before, it's not necessarily the city's fault that these prices are going up. But here are these drivers, some of them who have paid up to $300,000 for these taxi plates. And here's an Uber driver who all he does really is pay, you know, the the, the annual licensing fee and can be on the road. So a lot of them are and, angry, and, especially and, since and they're... And
1: I, I get that, but... That 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 is a, a bigger problem of the way the taxi industry's been run for a long time. That, that is a problem of the regulation and the supply management side. It's just like you want a dairy cow in Ontario, it's gonna cost you what is it, twelve and a half thousand to twenty-five thousand dollars just to get the license. Well, yeah, that's crazy. The cow costs less. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's the same sort of thing. It's an artificial market that was brought about by the regulation. There's very little can be done about that, but they can do something with these other regulations are they bringing down the regulations on the taxi industry enough to make it competitive for them
5: and they're they're saying no absolutely not now who was whatever something really interesting to say is hanif patni now he's the president of coventry connections which is the uh, taxi fleet management company and uh, he basically said that When it comes to these drivers, they're not getting from the city any compensation for the taxi plates that they're required to have in order to operate their taxis on the roads. It's a
8: massive amount of money. The 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 taxi drivers have taken their entire savings and invested in a licensing system that requires them to work full-time in a system with certain responsibilities. That's what they invested in because those were the rules that were set by the city. Now what's happening is their investment is at jeopardy. Not only have they invested a great deal of money, but that the revenue they make is going to be eroded dramatically by having an alternative service that comes in, and that alternative service doesn't have the onus that we have in the taxi industry.
1: I feel for him, but... Is it our job to help out the buggy whip makers when the cars come along?
5: You know what? things have changed in every industry. Mm-hmm. look look at look at journalism. We see the newspaper dwindling. Mm-hmm. We see you know people not watching TV the same way they used to. Things are changing and and what it comes down to is that these drivers will have to adapt or find new careers. now this um, this report goes before a committee. On next Thursday, so April 7th, and at that point, Hanif Potney says they fully present uh, pre- are prepared to make a pre- presentation to tell their side of the story. They just want to digest this report before they do that and, and um, come to any conclusions. Um, and then it basically goes before council, and if council does approve this, these new regulations would come into effect on June 30th.
1: Wow, that's quick. Quick, that is quick by city standards. Okay. Well, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. Allison, thanks so much. Anytime. Allison Sandor from Ottawa City Hall. And now she's going back downstairs to this party I keep to Back wanting to the about. taste of Ottawa. Yeah. Mm. I'll A bring new- you some food. I'll sit up here and be bitter. Brian Lilly, Beyond the News, News Talk 580, CFRA.
0: On the news with Brian Lilly on News Talk Five Eighty CFRA.
1: See a lot of interesting things on my walk to and from the station from the bunker. If you're not familiar with the bunker, it's what I call the uh, the office where I do the rest of my work. The uh, the Rebel Dot Media Truth Vault, everything else um, that takes place in the bunker. It's over in center of the city couple blocks from Parliament Hill. Walking through the Rideau Center, as I am wont to do to avoid cold weather or today, incessant rain and wind, you buy a good new umbrella and it's almost done today. Well, I did. Almost done today due to the wind. But there's a store in the Rideau Center. I'm not going to name them, but I'll just say this. Their their goal, their reason for being is to sell beauty products, mostly to women. Now, I happen to know about this store because, as I've mentioned, when you do video production, you end up wearing makeup, a hazard of the job. Otherwise, you look jaundiced and shiny and like you, you really need to go see a doctor. So I go into this store for some uh, work product. And this is a store devoted to selling products aimed at women mostly to make them look more beautiful. And you remember a little while ago there was a story about um, the Ontario Human Rights Commission. They should make it so that you can, women can uh, file a human rights complaint if their employer makes them wear an extra sexy outfit. Kind of a weird story, but it's true. The Ontario Human Rights Commission says you should, that, that's against human rights. You should be able to call that sexism. You should be able to file a complaint. Well, this store that sells beauty products actually forces their staff to wear a uniform that makes them look worse. This is a uniform not flattering on anyone. And I'm wondering if they can file their own human rights complaint. Because why on earth would you be trying to sell beauty products to someone? Why would you be trying to say, hey, we want to make you look beautiful when you make your staff look horrible? Just a thought. A thought I had on the walk from the bunker. Earlier today on the program, we've been talking about Uber. Well, it's not the only transit issue going on here in the nation's capital. Let's talk about light rail and where it should go Next, Councillor Bob Minette and Councillor Alan Hubley, East versus West, on with Rob Snow earlier today. Uh, we heard from uh, Councillor Hubley this morning, uh, who thinks his ward should be uh, the priority. Uh, before Trim Road and beyond for light rail, Councillor Minette, what do you think about what uh, Councillor Hubley is saying? I think well, he's out to lunch myself.
7: <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, uh, the highest ridership in the city of Ottawa is in New Orleans. We have a transit uh, modal split of 64%. We've had uh, six votes on council, Uh, four of them were unanimous uh, to go from uh, trim, extension, uh, and the airport link, which was a unanimous vote. Uh, You know, one thing that we've learned from council... You're shaking
1: your head, Councillor Hubley, is... uh, uh,
7: uh, uh, those uh,
9: are the new proposals. I, uh, it's just, not just the sec- phase two.
7: Ju- just say, like, Alan. Yes, you did vote uh, on uh, phase two. You voted for trim. Uh, you check the vote any time. We cannot keep throwing out the plans like we did with previous council. I thought this council was going to go away from that type of nonsense. If you remember the last time we were going north-south, then all of a sudden we decided we're throwing everything out and starting from scratch. Let's not do that. We have a proper plan for, in place. We have an EA that is set for expansion to trim. Okay, it's already approved, it's basically shovel ready. The project uh, that we're talking about, it's ready to go. To say that trim benefits Rockland is ludicrous. It's like saying Canada benefits Carlton Place, Arnprior, Renfrew. Come on, you know, let, let's make uh, common sense comments, comments here. Usually that's what I get from my colleague. The cost of LRT to trim is a lot less than what it is to expand into Canada. And if the province and federal government provide the city with what we've asked as a unanimous council more than once, to extend it and, and they wish to give us extra money to extend it to Canada, I for one will be on the bandwagon to say yes, after trim, after the uh, uh, airport uh, okay. link, now I will support the uh, t- the, the link to Canada.
1: Okay. All right, what? we got we got to let Councillor Hubley have a rebuttal here.
9: Yeah. So first off, Bob, uh, I don't know where you got that bad information, but uh, I never said anything about ch- trim ch- phase ch- two. Ch- uh, I have not said that. I supported phase two. I you, continue you don't to want su- it. You don't Hey, want Bob, you I didn't don't want interrupt it, you. Show, you some, courtesy to, show to, some courtesy here. Show some courtesy, Bob. To Rockland. That's Come on, what you Bob.
7: Said. I read it in the paper. Okay. Yeah.
9: I said that the, make the ex- ridiculous okay.
7: comments make ridiculous yeah. comments but you know, go by the facts oh. uh,
9: Bob that's wrong I'm uh, surprised at your approach here but uh, what I said No I'm not surprised was, yes. your approach is ridiculous Wow listen to you you know I know where you're getting your talking points so let's slow down here okay
7: I don't need talking what points What I okay? said I, I've dealt with this issue since uh, I've been elected
9: Yeah, and uh, what I said was I support phase two. I continue to support phase two. I'm not changing any of my votes here. And I also said I support the work that Councillor Blay did on getting the trim road proposal on the table, too, to discuss what I said was if we are talking about extensions past phase two, then I hope that we're going to be talking about Canada too, because we all voted unanimously last June to uh, have a report produced to talk about how we're going to get to Canada. That report, I understood at the time, would be prepared by June of this year, and that's what I'm waiting for.
7: Very, very clear, Al. If that is your position, I don't have a problem. If you support the trim and to the airport link after after the fact in Canada, I fully support that, and that's what I said with my opening comments.
9: And not only there, Bob. I'd like to see this go to Haven. I'm trying to have a city-wide approach here. I think residents are buying in to now because. In the last term of council, we actually got work started. We got shovels in the ground. We yep. started uh, putting the money together to make this happen. Residents want to buy into this. I remember we all worked together last term, and we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to help the road network in the west end, and we're going to move the LRT all the way to Plast Orleans. I think that was a great decision. I never, ever said it wasn't. Uh, Orleans and that's and what's in place. Yeah, uh, right. okay. I'm questioning you on the trim piece. If you're saying it was trim and not or leans, I'll happy to uh, take a look and apologize yeah. to you if that was the case. But yeah. I understood it as plastor leans.
7: No, it was uh, trim.
9: Uh, that's fair. Like I yeah. say, uh, uh, you know, a lot of work was done on that proposal. This should not be a fight with East West, and so mm. that's why you know uh, I can see why you were wound up, but you shouldn't be. We sh- we are sh- uh, working together on this. It has to be a citywide initiative people in the West End. We're the number two employment area. We're the, we go back and forth with uh, Barhaven and New Orleans as uh, you know, fastest growing areas of town. We've got to talk about the public transit network across the city for the future. Yep. The uh, staff have issued a note saying that they are not even looking at writing that report now until after 2031 well, and that is unacceptable okay, to last, me last and 100,000 people in the West yeah, End.
7: And I agree with that, Al. Uh, but, uh, Thank like you. Say, if it was at the expense of trim, which I had read in the paper, and I have major issues because I will always fight for my community. And so you should, Bob, and it it should be a
9: citywide thing. We should not allow others to make us fight about west or east. It should be
0: citywide. 100% guaranteed. Well, on to the issue that will create all kinds of kumbaya. They're leaving here and going down and getting the technical briefing on Uber and the taxi industry. And good luck to both of you as you try to craft a policy on that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Councillor Bob Minette, Orleans, Canada South, Alan Hubley. All right. And I'm Brian Lilly. That was, uh, you know, sounded like it, fists might have been flying had they been in the same room. Thankfully, they weren't. And uh, I think they were finding common ground at the end. I can't believe that we're talking about what to do with transit come 2031. That's uh, 15 years away. And um, the, the current system is causing all kinds of messes downtown already will it ever be built will people actually go on it we'll see i'm brian lilly this is beyond the news when we come back lisa rate on what justin trudeau and bob mor or bill morneau are really up to and we'll talk about the the liberals real priority as well has nothing to do with finance and everything to do with
2: a controversial issue
1: back after this
0: Beyond the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: Well, is it spending or is it not spending? Are we in deficit or are we just in a growth cycle? I'm not sure that liberals know exactly what words in the English language mean anymore. Why am I saying that? Well, let me play you a clip. This is Bill Morneau, our esteemed finance minister, being interviewed by Bloomberg Business earlier today and listen to the question he's asked about spending but then says oh, wait we're not spending is it safe to say based looking at this budget that you that
10: you and your government believe that spending is the only way to kickstart an economy like Canada's at this point
2: well let me step back and say first of all we don't call it spending what we're doing is we're making investments in in the future of our country so so there are there are places where those investments might look like spending, but investing in education for Indigenous people, this is something that's going to help more people in our workforce over the longer term.
1: All right. So it's spending, but it's not spending. Owner want to bring in Lisa Wright right now, a finance critic for the Conservative Party of Canada. Lisa, welcome to the program. Thanks for yes, taking sir. the time. My pleasure. What do you make of Bill Morneau being asked? I mean, he and Justin Trudeau were down in the United States trying to sell Canada on the financial stage, and he's yeah. asked about spending and he says it's not. I know. You, what do you make of that?
3: <laughs> um, I believe that they are definitely trying to spin what we call in the business a narrative. But, you know, I'm going to use a phrase that uh, we use in Cape Breton. You can't put lipstick on a pig and call it pretty. I mean, the reality <laughs> is, the fact, this is a spending budget. And it's a tax later budget, too, uh, meaning that, the you know, at some point in time, someone's going to have to pay these bills, and it's going to be us. And what it, you know what? It, it shows me that they are getting pushback in some financial circles, that they are being told, hey, wait a second here, this is, a, this is pretty heavy spending. So now they're trying to change the terminology to reflect investment, and they keep pointing to infrastructure, but you and I both know that their infrastructure spend is minuscule compared to the overall budget that they're putting forward. The increase in departmental spending alone is very problematic and of great concern.
1: Okay, let's, um, let's get into that right now. I, I, I want to talk about the, um, the, the difference between uh, spending and expenses and all of this and what they're talking about and, and, and how they're spending. But departmental expenses versus stimulus spending, yeah. why does that matter?
3: It matters because it's a very sticky proposition. When you start putting money into departments, it translates into full-time equivalents or more hires. And as you probably but, but that's, are.
1: That's existing departments. I mean, this is what I'm this getting is existing at. Existing right? money, yeah. This, this, this is. Existing is departments. This is expanding existing programs. This isn't saying we'll build that hockey arena or that bridge or that Correct. road. Right.
3: That's exactly the issue. And when we had to find um, efficiencies in our system, where we turned to was to go through a, a very large Treasury Board process and understand that most of. The budget of the government of Canada goes into human resources. It goes into payroll, quite frankly, and they're adding to it. And I don't know whether or not that guarantees better services for Canadians.
1: So you've got all this extra spending going in. And by the way, I I counted, um, thank the Lord for uh, word search in PDF documents, but I, I counted the number of times that the word spending showed up in Bill Morneau's budget plan. It was 36
11: Wow, uh,
1: And then they had words like expenses, which is another way for saying spending. Yes. So they talked about accelerated spending. They talked about infrastructure spending. They talked about new spending. This is a budget with an awful lot of new spending that's coming at a time where the Canadian economy is actually growing. Now, yes. I, I disagreed with the former Conservative government on spending. I, I thought they spent too much, and yep. I, I told everybody that would listen that, including the Prime Minister. Yep. Uh, but the fact is, you guys... Did not – your excuse was always, well, we're keeping spending to growth in GDP. Then the recession hit. There was mm-hmm. a big recession. There is no recession now. We just had new numbers out yesterday – or, sorry, earlier today. Earlier today, yeah. On GDP growth. The Canadian economy is growing, and he's injecting so-called stimulus into it.
3: But it's not. There's no injection into the economy. And, and everybody who may have supported his notion that he was going to deficit spend at the beginning is very clear now by saying – This does not look like a budget that's actually going to stimulate the economy. Quite the opposite. It's going to just add to the overall bureaucracy. The other part, too, to watch for Brian, quite frankly, is what isn't in this budget? And the big ticket item not in here, as is being revealed, is anything to do with mental health, anything to do with long-term pensions for veterans. All of these really important promises made to Canadians. And the prime minister seems to be very much at ease with breaking promises because he says, oh, well, circumstances change.
1: Uh, he was asked about having to break his promise on deficit spending, and they said, uh, Did it bother you? And he just said, No.
3: Really, it's unconscionable. I mean, there was uh, Aaron Wary did, uh, or Bill Curry did an article, I believe, a um, number of years ago, talking to Jim Flaherty after he went into deficit in order to stimulate the economy. And Jim expressed great regret, and he said it was a very tough decision. And these guys, uh, they make no qualms. But I, I got to believe that Bill Morneau knows the difference. I got to think that. His hesitancy in these interviews are pointing to the fact that he's got some some real personal issues with uh, this spend and tax situation he's found himself
1: in. My warning bell that I kept ringing during the election was they they said they would do one third um, the infrastructure budget would be set up into three different camps, and I forget what the the first camp was called, but it, essentially I'll call it traditional infrastructure, right. and then there was social green. infrastructure, yep. and then yep. green infrastructure. That's right. Yeah. Is that why we're seeing the growth in departmental spending? Is yeah, that I don't even know what a that,
3: social infrastructure
1: is. Uh, well, I mean, building a national daycare program, which uh, Jean-Yves Duclos says is something that they're working towards. It's something that Canadians keep rejecting at the ballot box when given yeah. an option.
3: Yeah.
1: But it's something that liberals are intent on on giving to us, whether we want it or not.
3: Yeah. I think you're bang on. And we saw, again, terminologies being utilized to pretend that it's something that's going to stimulate growth. And it's not. It's, um, it's just more, more plunging money into Ottawa, which is not a bad thing if it's used appropriately and targeted and the spend is controlled and it's for a particular purpose. But this is aimless and wandering and uh, excessive.
1: Do you have um, a fear that the way they're going about spending now will lead to structural deficit going forward that this is this is not something that we'll be able to get out of because if it's going into program spending you know from your time in government that cutting back even after it, you know the giant uh, stimulus spend that was supposed to be short term that everyone said would be short term even cutting back on that is always met with resistance.
3: Yes, and you saw the number of unions that oppose um, our campaign last time because of the very limited amount of cuts that we, we put in place $3 in order to bring it under. Yeah, it wasn't it, a significant amount.
1: It, the spending went down by $3 billion out of a, a budget of, two, well, it was 279 yeah. went down to $276 billion. Yeah. But you guys started out at around 219 I think? Well, you know, we
3: tried. Uh, What I would say, you know, in terms of what my my concerns are is um, Prime Minister um, Harper uh, often said that the reason why we continuously review the budgets of our departments, and we did have to do that as line managers, like I had to understand the inner workings of the department, the reason why we did that and why Jim Flaherty and Joe Oliver always said don't come to us with any spending um, ideas is because unless you manage the budget, the default position is to go to deficit. It's going to always go into deficit. You have to actually manage your budget. So to be given this permission to spend even more, I, I do have great concerns about how anyone's going to wrestle this, this um, beast to the ground uh, when these guys are finished wrecking the place.
1: Well, anyone that has a household budget knows the same. You always want to go out for dinner, or the kids always want something more, or you just want to buy that new outfit. There's always demands, isn't there?
3: There's always there's more demand than you could possibly imagine. And everyone has a good reason for it. Uh, but you have to always default back to what Canadians want in terms of services. And and they've you know, they, they gave us a message that they were accepting of a 10 billion dollar deficit. I'll take that as part of the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did not sign on to all of this stuff that's coming at us right now. Right. And I think it's going to reflect in the polls.
1: Lisa Wright, thanks so much.
3: Thank you very much, Brian. Take
1: Le- care. Lisa Raid is the finance critic for the Conservative Party of Canada. I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News on News Talk 580 CFRA.
0: are listening to the leader of the unofficial opposition, the rebel himself, beyond the news with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: There are some things we're told we must never discuss until the left decides they want to discuss them. And then we can talk about them ad nauseum. Right now I'm talking about the issue of abortion. It is in the news agenda in Canada and the United States for two different reasons. And, of course, when something's on the news agenda in the United States, especially politically, it's often in the news agenda here. Donald Trump made comments. Let me back up first. Let me just state that I am pro-life, and that is not something I will ever apologize for. I think that abortion is wrong. I happen to think that it is the ending of a human life, and I can say that because the science tells us that life begins at conception. Now we have laws in Canada. Actually, we have no law in Canada. Abortion is legal up until the child enters this world from his mother's womb or her mother's womb and breathes their first breath. Up until that point, abortion is fully legal. In the United States, they go back and forth. In in different parts of the country, they have different laws. Donald Trump came out and said something that I have never heard a pro-lifer advocate. He actually said, punish and send to jail women that have abortions. He's trying to backtrack. He's trying to spin it. But I thought this was the guy that talked straight. This is not a pro-life position. This is not a Republican Party position. I follow politics closely. This has not been the Republican Party's. Position at all. But that's how it's being spun now in the United States, and it's being talked about up here as well. And so you've got people like Don Loggins, who's the Lagoons, who's the vice president of Planned Parenthood, saying, well, you know, this is just how Republicans and right-wingers think.
10: A plan to punish women who seek abortion is, in my mind, not actually news, because it's actually the Republican Party platform. And Donald Trump, as usual, is just more bluntly conveying what he believes and what they believe.
1: Uh-huh. This is a woman who has an agenda, and that agenda is to help get Hillary Clinton elected and to ensure that abortion is fully accepted at all stages, even late-term abortion. Now I want to play a clip from Vicky Saporta who is with the— uh, a group called the National Abortion Federation. That's a Canadian organization. And they're happy because Prince Edward Island is the only place in in Canada, the only province in Canada where you haven't been able to get an abortion in the province. It's a tiny province with a population smaller than Nepean. It doesn't have much in the way of medical resources. They would always pay for them if you wanted to go to Moncton or to Halifax places that people from there go for all kinds of things that they don't have in PEI. But now they're going to be not j- only funding them, but providing them because they're worried about a legal challenge. And Vicky Saporta talks about how this is a great thing.
3: PEI Right to Life Association is not in support of any procedure that dismembers decapitation and stop, the life stop of...
1: That, stop that. Stop that. That's the wrong clip. Let's play the other one. Uh, that was P.E.I. Right to Life. We'll get to, to that in a second. This is um, Vicki Saporta with the National Abortion Federation.
6: You know, sometimes you do need to bring legal challenges in order to effectuate change. And it's unfortunate that it took the threat of a legal challenge to have the government do the right thing.
1: Now we'll hear from P.E.I. Right to Life because... We keep being told it's just old white guys, and I I love that it's being old and white is is a bad thing, that oppose abortion. Listen to this woman. This is Nicole Dupuis from PEI Right to Life. She sounds like a, a young woman. Roll tape.
3: PEI Right to Life Association is not in support of any procedure that dismembers, decapitates, and ends the life of a preborn human child. So therefore, we are not in support of having abortions on PEI or anywhere for that matter.
1: Most pro-lifers that I know aren't looking to criminalize things. They want people to, they're not looking to send women to jail. Let's put it that way. They're looking to let people know that there is another way, that there is another option. If you follow this, then you know that often women are lied to when it comes to this issue. You also know that women are pressured. There was an attempt to bring in a law called Roxanne's Law a few years ago, and it was shot down in our Parliament. Roxanne's Law was going to say that any woman that wanted to choose to keep her baby but was pressured or coerced into it, that the people doing the pressuring and coercion would face charges. And it was brought about because a woman named Roxanne, who told her baby her told her boyfriend, No, I'm keeping the baby, was beaten to death because he wanted her to have an abortion. He tried to force her to have an abortion, and when she said no, he beat her to death. Our politicians on the left rose up in anger. The Conservatives were split. We can't even protect the children of women in the womb, when those women choose, we're told it's about choice. When the women choose to have the babies, they can't even be protected. We have a warped view of this in Canada. But again, we can talk about it because PEI is bringing in abortion, and that's a good thing. And we can talk about it because Donald Trump said something really stupid. Well, that's not new. But we can talk about abortion now because it's to bash Donald Trump. And of course, Justin Trudeau is out there on Twitter, along with the rest of the Liberals, celebrating all of this. Just unbelievable. Justin Trudeau, speaking to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce today, has nothing to say about it on his social media accounts, but right away is out there talking about how great it is that PEI is going to bring about abortion. Tell me that we don't have skewed priorities in this country. I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News. Back after this.
0: Beyond the News with Brian Lilly. Join the resistance on Facebook and Twitter at
1: CFRA Ottawa. The party downstairs is winding down. Got to meet some great fans of uh, the mighty News Talk 580 CFRA and, and try some of the great foods of Ottawa. As I was saying to you, food in Ottawa, it's much different than it used to be. It's gotten so much better in terms of the variety, in terms of what is there it is no longer a backwater here. I'm not sure that it ever was, but let's just say everybody has upped their game. And that's a good thing. I want to bring you a few uh, different chats that I had with people downstairs. Now, much like Kim Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, who is, um, you know, constantly pointing at things, as you will hear from these uh, discussions, I'm constantly standing with people that have food. But I wanted to bring you some of the best of the best. I couldn't get to everybody's uh, station. I got to meet lots of people, but I didn't get to try all the food. That, you know, and I'd be 300 pounds by now. But there was some amazing poutine. All right, standing with Charles from Smokes Poutinerie. And you have, what, what kind of pulled pork? You've got meat on pulled pork what kind of pulled pork yeah pulled pork on poutine
12: <laughs> yeah what? so what ba- the hell? basically we got you know our regular fried cheese and gravy going on with a little bit of pulled pork on it the pulled pork itself is uh cooked in a chipotle sauce so it's like a barbecue sauce kind of sweet it's really delicious actually i'm a big fan of
1: pulled pork. And i would eat this but I, I do have to admit despite all my whining on air about um being excluded from the party because i'm still on air I, I, I've been sneaking out and stealing from all the stations. So what else do you got here? Um, so we got, next to our pulled pork, we
12: got our vegetarian poutines. Um, it's a, a veggie-based gra- veggie gravy uh, made so with... So no uh, chicken or nothing in no, that? No okay, chicken, let's so move on. <laughs> but there's garlic and mushrooms in this. Oh, well, delicious. that sounds good, yeah, then. There's a lot of flavors. It's dope. Um, okay,
1: may- maybe I would try. <laughs>
12: yeah, totally. And this one is our regular traditional. So that's just your basic fried cheese and gravy going on. And yeah, that's that's so, poutine, man.
13: So, that's poutine.
1: But poutine came out of Quebec. The uh, First place I ever saw smoked poutineery was in Vancouver, I think. I mean, it's across the country; it's everywhere. Actually, um, I heard that the first location was in Toronto itself. It, well, it yeah. could have been. I was just the first
12: place <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, but, but oh, it, cool. You guys have taken poutine. Across the country, oh yeah, by storm, man. Uh, we're we're hoping to expand like internationally as well one day, hopefully. We are already, we already have three locations in the states, uh, one in LA, one in uh, Lo- uh, Las Vegas, and there's been talks for Anaheim as well as well. No, so cool. yeah, it's really cool. Right, man. What, what's the most popular in the store? In the store, our staff favorite: bacon cheeseburger, ground beef, bacon and cheese sauce. Um, biggest seller: probably the trick, the triple pork. So
1: that one has uh, pulled pork, bacon, and talent saucers on it. Oh, man. I'm getting full just listening. (laughs) Charles, thanks so much. Very welcome, man. All the best. Thanks. Charles, a young guy having fun down at the uh, Taste of Ottawa party here at uh, the CFRA studios. And I think there's still quite the scene going on out there. I haven't been able to pop out for a little while. But um, like I said, met a lot of great people, many that I've spoken to you on the airwaves over the uh, – you know, as I've been filling in on different shows or on this show, and that was fantastic, and also getting getting to try food that I hadn't. The Prescott's out there. They had their meatball subs. Those went very, very quickly. But I did get to try another Ottawa uh, institution, another Ottawa institution that I didn't know was an Ottawa institution, and everybody in the station kept saying, what do you mean you haven't had this? Do we have that audio ready, Stephen? We're getting close? Okay. Stephen is scrambling because I am, um, let's just say, not the most organized. I thought that the audio files were ready. My fault, not his. And uh, so I'm getting them to him as, as we talk. Okay, so we've got the next one ready. This is my discussion with a place that has been around for more than 50 years, and I only had them tonight. I'm standing here with Bill from Golden Palace uh, Restaurant on Carleen Avenue, and I keep hearing about these egg rolls, Bill, but I've never had one. Why are these the best egg rolls in town? Well, I guess uh, we perfected the uh, ingredient for the last 55 plus years. 55 years? Yes. We, In two weeks, we're going to be celebrating our 56 years. Wow, that is something. I'm going to put this microphone gear down, and I'm going to steal one of your egg rolls. All right. Um, but they, they look different. I mean, they're... You know they they don't have the traditional closure. Is that is that because they, you're selling a lot of them here? They're like uh, hors d'oeuvres, or is that what you do everywhere?
11: Well, we uh, well for this particular occasion we 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 offer as an order, but uh, the restaurant customer can can ask for this or the one whole egg roll.
1: Oh, that is fantastic. And you should dip in the plum sauce as well. Those are the, another experience okay. as well. But I, I'm just holding it in my hand because I'm a, a barbarian. And I don't think anyone wants me dipping into the plum sauce ah, now, see, okay. so maybe next time. Thanks a lot, Bill. Oh, you're welcome. All right, so definitely going to the Golden Palace for egg rolls again. And uh, yet yeah, Brian in the uh, control room is nodding along. I think he's one of the people that doesn't understand why I never had these things before. Uh, people have been looking at me like I'm a Martian, but I'm not a West End guy. And I have to say of all the parts of the city, and I know, I know the whole valley fairly well from Pembroke to Cornwall. And where's the best place to go for uh, for uh, you know a chip wagon in the prior? Wes's Chips, everyone knows that. But I didn't know about Golden Palace Egg Rolls, so now I do. Maybe I'll sneak out at the next ad break and, and try another one. But um, there's a place that I have eaten before, and that's the next one I want to bring to you because they not only have amazing southern food in Ottawa, and it is very authentic, it's not overdone, but they also have a great collection of something near and dear to my heart, and that is bourbon. Um, talking about fat boys, and these guys do amazing ribs and pulled pork, and that was, the food-wise, the highlight of running downstairs earlier. I'm with Rob, the pit chief from Fat Boys on Murray Street in the Byward Market, and um, Chief, what am I looking at here?
13: Uh, we got our in-house pulled pork, uh, Carolina style. Okay.
1: Part. What, what's the difference at Carolina style versus somewhere else? The,
13: like a Carolina style is uh, the sauce that goes on it. It's a tangier sauce for okay. as well. Uh, in the restaurant, we serve this with coleslaw on top as well, our in-house creamy coleslaw. We uh, We didn't really want to do that for out here. Still as delicious as what we get in the restaurant. This is fantastic. Um, the the pork is uh, smoked uh, for about 12 to 14 hours mm-hmm. uh, in-house every day. Uh, take it out every day and then we pull it just as we see right there. Yeah. It's just nicely shredded. Yeah. And it's not too saucy. Like No, we let you, go you to some put some sauces in it. So much sauce. Yeah, yeah. Well, we let you put the sauce on at the table. So you choose what kind of sauce you want. You can do a mustard or a hillbilly heat or a Tennessee sweet. All in house made barbecue sauces, all available
1: here today. Okay. So if, if for people that haven't had Fat Boys, sell them on going to Fat Boys.
13: Uh, Fat Boys is all homemade food, all southern style. Uh, in the tradition of uh, Tennessee and uh, Louisiana Memphis. and all those other great uh, places down. Memphis, of course, those places all on the barbecue belt. Yeah, it, and we and also have an all-you-can-eat rib night. On Thursday night, and uh, starting uh, this Thursday coming up next okay. Thursday, and all for April, every Thursday night you can win tickets to go see Pearl Jam. Oh, that'd be pretty
1: awesome. My uh, my twelve year old saw the sign one day so yeah. we're passing by for all you can eat ribs. I thought he was going to have a heart attack.
13: Perfect. It's uh, the one of the better nights of the uh, of the week for us. And we also do a uh, Southern Soul Sunday Gospel brunch, all where right. we have a full on all you can eat brunch buffet and live uh, Southern Soul music. Chief, thanks so much. This food's amazing. I'm going to keep eating. My pleasure,
1: man. And they also had a macaroni and cheese down there. This is the new thing, macaroni and cheese. And maybe I need to talk to some of the young whippersnappers at this here establishment that I'm working at and find out why they all want macaroni and cheese in restaurants, you young whippersnappers. I don't get it, uh, but it is a thing, and you will see it on restaurant uh, menus all over the place. Fantastic event downstairs, thanks to, uh, to Brittany in the promotions department, uh, she was one of the leads on this, and uh, well, she's the one I dealt with, uh, and fantastic, thanks to everyone that came out, pleasure to meet all of you, and hopefully we'll do something like this again, where I get to meet lots of people who are listeners to the station, I mean, without you, I'm just a guy in a room talking to myself, which I'd probably do anyway, let's face it, I probably would, this radio show and what I do with the Rebel and elsewhere, it stops me from having blood pressure problems. This is my therapy. Let's put it like that. But great event. If you have a chance, everyone has their favorite restaurant. Email me your favorite restaurant, beyond the news at cfra.com. Beyond the news at cfra.com. What is your favorite place to go? I'd prefer if it's here in Ottawa, but if you're from out of town, I travel. You know, you want to tell me your favorite place elsewhere I travel. I want to hear about it. Beyond the News at cfra.com and it's one of the topics that we'll throw out when we get to uh your calls coming up after the break. I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News on news Talk 580 cfra.
0: Beyond the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: Ah, my belly. Getting full and enjoying the taste. But it's a good thing. Brian Lilly, Beyond the News. I met Anne, and if you uh, listen to the uh, news and views with Rob Snow, you hear Ann call in now and again. I used to talk to her when I was filling in for LOL, and she said, Brian, you've got to start your calls earlier. So, Anne, I expect you to call in. We'll take your calls uh, starting now on any of the uh, topics that we discuss tonight. But if you want to have fun, and call in and tell me your favorite restaurant or restaurant story. Then you know the number. 521-TALK, 521 star 580 on Bell Mobility. Or are calling from out of town. It's 1-800-580-CFRA. That's 1-800-580-2372. I open by discussing how Uber is... This is a good sign. That young people are embracing things like Uber is a wonderful sign. Because if you believe in the free market, then Uber's, Uber's great. But you look at the things that young people are embracing. They embrace Uber. They embrace Airbnb. They want everything on their smartphone and their app, and they want it quickly. They embrace craft breweries. They love the craft beer. I don't know that they have the money to buy it. I do. But they embrace all these things, and these things are only there because of the free market. I've gotten to know a lot of the craft uh, breweries in Ottawa, visiting them over the last while, and talking to some of them. And they all have the same stories. It doesn't matter what their politics were before going in. They all have the same issue Eventually and that is government regulation drives them around the bend because these small guys try and get into the business with brewing, and then they find out that all the rules are set up for the big guys. All the rules are set up to stop you from being able to uh, make your way in the world. Why? That's the system. The regulation is set up to protect the big guys, not to allow... Free enterprise. We've got to use these opportunities of young people embracing free enterprise to explain to them that this is why we need less government. This is why we need to explain to them that we need less regulations. This is why we need to explain to them that there are consequences to overregulation. What are the examples? Let's talk about why this is a good thing. And if you have thoughts on Uber, you you think that this is horrible because you're a supporter of the taxi industry, let me have it as well. I want to open up the taxi industry. Bill Morneau, the finance minister, by the way, not knowing what the word spending means. I couldn't believe that. We'll play that audio again at the top of the hour. But if you have thoughts on Justin Trudeau and his cabinet, not really knowing what that is, We'll take your calls on that. And your favorite restaurant, whatever it is, wherever it is. I want to hear your favorite restaurant story and why. Don't just tell me it's good. I want to hear why. 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. Guy, the Capital Voice calling in. Guy, you got a favorite restaurant?
4: Well, actually, Brian, you're eating their egg rolls tonight. I wanted to really? share a couple of stories for you. I live in the West End of Ottawa, and- And just, I won't take too much of your time, but there's a lot of celebrity stories about uh, egg rolls being eaten by Paul Anka, delivered by FedEx in the 70s and 80s. And I think Lowell Green's got a few stories, too. Anyways, Golden Palace Egg Rolls, Rich Little. Uh, they're famous. All the liberals love them. You know, they're expensive, but you know, they can afford it. But, but they're good. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure
1: more than than liberals love them. I mean, I just tried them for the first time tonight. They're tasty.
4: When bands come into town, they have them on their riders for the contract because they are almost world famous. And and in a lot of cases now, the amount of them that are shipped to Toronto to uh, some friends of mine who are poker uh, fanatics, they love them because they were from Ottawa, and they knew them, and you just can't get that egg roll. It's, it's a unique recipe. The plum sauce is amazing. I've never tasted a plum sauce like it. And, um, you know, as I say, it's been a tradition. April tenth, 1960 is when they opened. I was what? born they're... in 1961, and my mom and grandmother used to eat there. So I've actually been eating it since I've been in the embryo.
1: Wow. Well, they told me they're going to be celebrating. <laughs> you
4: better than that
1: no, the customer? They said they're going to be celebrating their uh, 55th yes. anniversary next week. Yeah. They used, ne- yeah In they, a couple of weeks.
4: They lined them up with free egg rolls for a couple of years, but that 50% off thing is a good thing, and they're giving it uh, some great, uh, they're giving uh, on the 12th, I think, Stu Strong is getting a day of egg rolls as well on April the 12th. So April the 10th is the anniversary, and then the 12th is Stu's Day.
1: I, I love the, the local community restaurants. I mean, down in my end of town, Uh, down in the south end, KS on the Keys. Uh, It used to just be KS. Great restaurant. Uh, They moved, they expanded, uh, they went fancy. It used to be a greasy spoon in in a pizza place, but great food, still great food, but now it's fancy and it's nice.
4: Great management up there.
1: We yeah. had a couple of breakfasts
4: out there as well. But uh, the thing about Golden Palaces, those egg rolls are all handmade on wooden tables. Believe it or not, Brian, there's actually indentations on the wooden tables because uh, they've uh, been doing it for over 50 years. I, think you need I to couldn't do it. believe it when I saw that in the kitchen one day.
1: I think you got to do a documentary on this guy? Well, no. We Golden Palace
4: is definitely, I would say, one of uh, you know. It, it, call Anthony Bourdain. Get him over here. <laughs>
1: Parts unknown. All right. Thanks for the call. Bye, Brian. Uh, Gloria writes in to say, uh, Brian, I am intolerant to garlic, but oddly enough, I can ask for and get garlic-free food at a Chinese restaurant called Fortune Express on Hazelden Road. If you don't like spices or shellfish, it's very hard to find a suitable menu. I'm, um, I'm lactose intolerant. Happened to me a couple of years ago. In my 40s, all of a sudden, dairy kills me. Now, not eating it kills me, so I had to stand there talking to Charles from Smokes Poutinery. So I get it, Gloria. It's not easy when you've got uh, food issues. But call in, call in, and email me beyondthenews at cfra Want to hear your favorite restaurant stories? And uh, if not, I'm going to take up the um, I'm going to take up the old Lowell Green thread, and I'm just going to play country music if uh, if people don't want to call in. So uh, Stephen, you better line up some country music there. And uh, I don't know if we'll play the the newfangled stuff or some Hank Williams yodeling, but we'll get some some country stories going on or country music stories going on. Want to hear your thoughts on uh, on Justin Trudeau. Do we have that clip of Bill Morneau again? Let's play the clip of Morneau and get your fingers ready and call in. The guy is speaking to American business media. He's asked about spending and doesn't even know what he's talking about. Is it safe to say,
10: based looking at this budget, that you, that you and your government believe that spending is the only way to kickstart an economy like Canada's at this point?
2: Well, let me step back and say, first of all, we don't call it spending. What we're doing is we're making investments in, in the future of our country. So, so there, are, there are places where those investments might look like spending, but investing in education for Indigenous people, this is something that's going to help more people in our workforce over the longer term.
1: It's still spending, spending at the local school, still spending. Combine that with Justin Trudeau not knowing that what ISIS is or that they have flags or they're at war with them or that they've conquered territory. I don't think these guys speak English anymore. And it's not because Trudeau's from Quebec. You talk to the Quebecers, they actually make fun of his French because they think he doesn't sound like a Quebecer. These guys don't speak English anymore because they're trying to hide the truth from us. 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. Call in now or I'm playing country music.
0: You're listening to the leader of the unofficial opposition, the rebel himself, beyond the news with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: You get what you give. And I have to say, one of the great things about uh, so many of the businesses in this town is that they they give out in terms of... Um, In terms of charity work, in terms of community support, and they get that back. And it's um, always a pleasure to meet so many of these people. Let me ask you, have you liked the Facebook page yet? Facebook.com slash Brian Lilly and on the Twitter machine, as I like to call it, because I'm a hepcat. Twitter, it's Twitter.com slash Brian Lilly. Make sure that you're following me on those, whichever one is your favorite social media platform, and my stories end up in your feed, and well, then you can share them, right? You let other people know sane things that are going on. But I'm asking you about politics, but I'm also asking you about your favorite local restaurant. It it can be something that isn't that local. There's a great restaurant just opened up in town called Joey's that was local in Calgary when I first saw it. They're in Lansdowne now. When I found them, they were a small place in Calgary and found them on a business trip. Fantastic. I can't even get in here. Maybe we'll have to fix that one day. Steve in Ottawa, you're on Beyond the News. How you doing, Brian? Pearl, but normally I just say perfectly adequate, but I'm full on egg rolls now.
10: Right on. Actually, you know what? I uh, I thought about egg rolls, and everybody likes the golden palace. Are you going to be? Think...
1: A, are you going to be a dissenter? A dissenter. Yeah. Are you going to say somewhere else? Well, I'm going to say somewhere else. Okay. Good. Well, let, let's have a challenge, and I'll go try them. The best ones I've ever
10: had were at Ruby on the Bank and Walkley, Ruby Chinese restaurant.
1: Bank and Walkley, is that still there? It's
10: still there, and you walk in there, it's like 1974.
1: I'm trying to picture it, and I can't.
10: It's kind of like the old KS restaurant. Okay. Best pizza in Ottawa until
1: they moved it. And you're not a fan anymore? Um, I think it's still good
10: pizza. It's still good, but I remember when Mom and Pop used to run the place uh, on Bank and Albion, and it was a real greasy spoon, but it was the best pizza I'm going. All right, all right. And I will check what? those out. What you got to try out the Rubies? Rubies Ruby at Bank and Walkers. Okay, thanks
1: They've for the been there call, since Steve. It's
10: about 1969.
1: No, longer than I've been around. I'll give them a try. Thank you. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, what are your favorite uh, restaurants to talk about what are your favorite which what's the best local food i didn't even notice beaver tails were downstairs that's how busy it was and uh, i saw beaver tails as they were packing up so i missed out on that also missed out on uh, on some great lone star tex mex food it was it was a lot of fun down there for the little bit of town that they let me down you know i'd have to dodge security and and they would chase me out anyway Not that I'm bitter, as I keep saying. Michelle in Ottawa, you're. Let me hit fix these buttons. Michelle in Ottawa, you're on Beyond the News.
14: Hi, am I on?
1: You are now. Now that I know how to work it.
14: Hello, we uh, we just left, and I just wanted to call to say how much fun and what a wonderful idea uh, to have a night a meet and greet like that. It was so much fun to meet everybody, and everybody was so gracious and welcoming. And um,
1: well, it was a pleasure to meet you, Michelle.
14: And yeah, I have to say that you're much taller than I expected. <laughs> and I was floored by Evan Solomon's height, too, and I would have loved to see me standing beside each other because— uh,
1: There's a picture of the two of us together on Twitter, um, and you don't have to be on Twitter to to find it. You can just go on Twitter and, and, and find well, the two taller? of us talking. E- Evan, just... Evan is slightly taller than me.
14: Oh, but it's only because he's a wee bit younger. He'll shrink, too. Don't I worry. Don't,
1: I actually don't know which one of us. We're about the same age, but I don't know which one of us is older or younger. No clue. But he has the beard going right now. Uh, I said, what, "What? what's with the beard? Is your wife out of town? Uh, <laughs> so, it's what guys do. You vacation. You're on your own. You grow the beard. Do you have a, a favorite restaurant uh, in town? Uh, or I love i Steakhouse. Elle
14: Steakhouse because I love the uh, salad dressing and I uh, the garlic dressing, and, and I just love it.
1: And I'll just passed away recently.
14: Yes, yes, but the dressing is still there. The kids still run the restaurant on Elgin and um, I've always enjoyed going there. A high shutdown. I like highs too. So um, that was kind of uh, sad to see that go. But um, anyway, yeah.
1: yeah I, uh, I got to say I miss Nate's on Rito for the greasy spoon breakfast.
14: Well, not yeah, enough right.
1: greasy spoons in downtown Ottawa.
14: No, that's true. That's true. But apparently there's one in Bank that's been around for a very long time. My husband went to about a week or so ago. He didn't even know it was there, and he really enjoyed it. And um, anyway. If
1: you can't remember the name, email it. Thanks for the call, Michelle.
14: You're welcome. Yeah, go ahead. Can I make a request for sure. a song? Okay, uh, well, if you're, playing song? Country, <laughs> if you're playing country music, I love Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard, but I also love The Walker <laughs> by Fitz and the Destroyer. So if you're looking for <laughs> tunes, I would like to hear either one of those, please.
1: Well, I hope people keep calling rather than country music, but you never know. Thanks for the call, Michelle.
14: You're welcome. Bye.
1: <laughs> if you want to email me your favorite restaurant, it's easy, Beyond the news at CFRA.com. Let me know. Jongi... Uh, Jong-un? looks like, okay, this is how it shows up, but I think their name is George writes in. Host India on Montreal Road across from Mark Motors serves an awesome lunch buffet in a Villeen's best chip wagon is called Frito Mania. And one question, I'm two from Hamilton. Uh, I'll read that part later on. All right, back to the calls. Dave in Ottawa, you are on Beyond yeah, the News. Hi, I'll
8: make it quick. I was talking to you Monday. Tonight's the night, uh, the anniversary of Newfoundland joining Canada.
1: I'm sorry at to hear that. Are, to are, you, are you wearing a black armband?
8: No, I'm not, actually, but I have one minute to me, and I'm going to sing a couple of verses of the Oat to Newfoundland, followed by a good shot of Screech. <laughs> My favorite food being a Newfie, has to be codfish tongues.
1: Okay, never had those. I've eaten seal, though.
8: Yeah, it, it can be greasy and oily, depending on who cooks it, but codfish tongues are a nice surprise.
1: Okay. Anyway,
8: I was going to talk about politics. After I spoke to you Monday night, you were talking about Mr. Trudeau being in Fogo Island in Newfoundland.
1: Mm-hmm.
8: And you are wondering why. Well, it's a very small place, and there isn't much there. But I know why he was there.
1: His father vacationed there many years ago. Well, here.
8: actually, maybe it's the same reason. I think that Trudeau is a flat earther. What? He believes in the flat earth. He's a member of the flat earth society. <laughs> now, you're wondering why I say that. Because according to... The I await. According to the Flatterers Society, one of the corners of their world is actually just off a place a cliff called Brimstone Head, which is on the backside of Fogo Island. <laughs> the other three corners, by the way, one in on the Bermuda Triangle, one down near Papua New Guinea, and another one off Greece.
1: People actually flat- spend the time coming up one with one these. The corners. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! A quick note on food uh, there. Yeah, what, did you, get, that, you got a food comment, Dave?
8: Well, I said the codfish tongue, the but they had, had to get here. Okay. The only place I know that cooks them is the Newfoundland Club, and they, they don't do them justice. Well, I, I do them better myself.
1: I, I'll tell you this, um, because I know a lot of people from The Rock do like uh, Seal. Best play, I've had it a couple places, and the best place I had it was at an event put on by one of the Inuit organizations at the National Arts Center, the NAC Chef does it up beautifully you think you're eating steak
8: yeah when it's done well it's good if it's not done well it's very oily
1: all right thanks for the call dave Take care. i'm brian lily this is beyond the news you got a comment on restaurants give us a call 521 talk five two one eight two five five. lots of people on the line but we'll get you in you're on the line now we'll talk to you more to come
0: On the News with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: Well, I did threaten country music if people didn't call in. This is Luke Bryant. That's pretty close. Once again, I, I put a T on the end of his name. Luke Bryan. His last name's the same as my first name, just spelled differently. you think I'd be able to say that. It's a good thing I don't speak for a living. Asking you, uh, most people calling in on their favorite restaurants um, and uh, good places to eat. It's like a swap shop for that here right now. But Mike in Ottawa calling in on the LRT. Mike, before that, do you have a good restaurant to go to?
15: Oh, I like so many restaurants. Uh, I mean, I was born in Ottawa. There's a lot of good restaurants. I like, um, and I can't think of the name of it now, out on Prince of Wales, it's... um, mortgage board there.
1: Okay. Well, if you think of it before the end, what are your thoughts on the LRT then?
15: Um, Okay. The LRT. Okay. I was always taught that actions speak louder than words. And when we start with the LRT at Ogilvy Road, bringing it into Tunney's Pasture, then extend it to Plastor Orleans, then extend it to Trim Road, then now they're talking about extending it to Rockless. Okay then those actions tell us that all those areas are the French community and the English community of Barhaven and Canada get put on hold till after, and then maybe we'll go there. Okay? And we are so politically correct in our society now that we just deny reality. We just deny what's real. And that is the real focus of the city with the LRT, I've said it from the get-go that they would do that. And they said, oh, no, 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 it's going to go from Ogilvy to Anish Pasture, then it's going to go out west end to Kanata okay, and to Barry Haven. No, no, no. Then they change it all over time. No,
1: no. I, I, no. I don't think it's I don't think it's a language thing. First off, the, the French population of the East End, and I've lived in the East End and I'm definitely an Anglo, um, it's not as big as people think. Not nearly as big as people think. It's pretty
15: big in Orleans, and it's big in Rockland.
1: It's still majority Anglophone, even in Orleans. Rockland, I don't think they're sending it all the way to Rockland. That would be a fool's errand to send it out there. Watch, watch what happens. But um, I, I don't think it's that. Right now, those are the areas that are more likely to use the transit system. But they also have a better transit system. Getting in on the bus from the west end, is not as easy for various reasons as it is getting in from the east end or even from the south.
15: Well, let's talk about just transit in Canada. To go to the north end of Canada, only one bus goes there, the 93, and it only goes to Klondike and then you walk into the neighborhood.
1: But why why would you need a bus to go into a fast booming fast growing area, Mike, with a lot of homes and a lot of jobs? Why would you need a bus up there? Because people I'm being have... sarcastic. But that's the reaction that I've always gotten when I've asked why buses. Well, there's nobody there. Have you looked? Well,
15: of course, it's all built up. It's building up all the way out past Klondike now.
1: Mm hmm. It's been that way for a long time, but I I have no no idea why. No down
15: March Road. None.
1: No idea why they're there at all. Or not there at all.
15: Well, you think about it. You know what? It's what I said. I've always said it, and I'll maintain that. And I don't understand how we become so politically correct that we deny reality. We deny well, reality all the time.
1: Thanks for the call, Mike. I'll uh, I'll read off a, a different point of view from Chris in Orleans who wrote in, and Chris said, um, no, wait a minute. No, sorry, it was Caroline that wrote in about this. Chris was writing about something else. Well, I think I read that one out already. Uh, Caroline wrote in about Alan Hubley and said, Brian, hearing Alan Hubley uh, today made me shake my head. I can't believe he uh, was going on. Has he seen the roads in Orleans? They are a disgrace. But the roads out to Canada are so new, and what the heck is he going on about? The roads out the West End are all new and big open highways. Wow, Mr. Hubley, give your head a shake. People in the West End think the people in the East End have it made and vice versa. There is some truth to the fact that the transit is better in the East End. And the roads are better in the West End. Why? I don't know. Anne in Ottawa, you're on Beyond the News.
6: Hi, Brian. It was nice talking to you at that event.
1: I said that this was your chance. I opened the phone lines early. This was your chance to call because I met Anne earlier and I said, Anne, why do you call when I'm on during the day and not at night? She said, I go to bed early.
6: Yeah, well, actually, um, and I'm only up, up late because I went to that thing. But <laughs> I was talking to Glory, and she said, "Oh, Ann, Brian said you've got to call, go, so you better call." So I thought, okay, damn it, I'm a woman of my word, so I'm going to call. And I could talk about a bitchy subject, but I, I thought, you know, I'm in too good of a mood from that nice vent and all the lovely food we got at at it. I have to say, those uh, the beaver tails, the, the one that, with the maple, oh.
1: To die for uh, at the beaver tails. I didn't even yes. know beaver tails were down there. Oh, I missed them completely. I
6: think it was it upstairs? I, I can't no,
1: was that the old Sammy's Grove. Oh
6: it was downstairs, yeah. But it was so good. Oh, the maple thing and it had a bit of chocolate on it. Oh that that's the I thought I died and went to heaven. It was so good. And I don't <laughs> even eat sweets. <laughs> but um uh no the rest of the food was great as well. But um as far as what that guy just said um I, you know as soon as i heard that the lrt was going to go out to orleans first mm-hmm. i said good those four people <laughs> like can you imagine if you have to deal with the traffic coming in from there i mean this
1: this split is off of there there are problems in both the east and the west end
6: but uh, orleans is is a nightmare because there aren't that many ways of getting there right like there's you can go by the old uh, Montreal Road, and you can go by Annis, and you can go by the Queensway. But I think that's it.
1: Uh, yeah, no, but, it's uh, it, it's a mess, and trying to take transit in from the West End is a disaster. OC Transpo has a lot of things they could be improving. So and... I think
6: what what that what that guy was proposing, I don't think it's a language issue. I think more it's just. A couple of councillors are fighting for their turf, and, and I don't think that Orleans should be, win, should be losing here. I, I agree with that. But um, on the restaurant thing, which is a happier topic. Yeah. Um, okay, one of my favourite restaurants in the city, because I'm kind of in the southeast end, is Mr. B's.
1: Mr. B's. Wonder. I know the sign. Is that on, is that on bank?
6: It's near Bank and Hunt Club. It's right near where the, you know, the Southway Inn
1: okay, was, yep.
6: where it's, you know, it's changing. Um, that, fantastic food at that place. And it's just a little place, but they give you lovely service. It's just wonderful. But there's another restaurant right near there, too, that's wonderful. The k and S, the new k and S.
1: I was talking about it earlier. You <gasps> must have missed it.
6: The Bass Pizza, I'll tell you, and such a nice variety, and you know, lovely atmosphere in there, and everything. I, I just love that place. So I, I like both those places.
1: Uh, okay, so uh, I, I've tried KS. I have not tried Mr. B's. I'm I'm getting lots of advice on where to spend my money and uh, and, and expand the belly. There Thank, you go. Thanks for the call, Anne.
6: Okay, bye, Brian.
1: All right, uh, George writes in again to say that. Um, a couple of because I mentioned Nate's, so I miss Nate's Deli. Uh used to be on Rito near Steve's or near Steve's Music Rito, just the other side of Canewood. Edward, famous place. Dave Smith, right? Uh, he's got a Nate's out on Merivale. I haven't been out to it yet, but um, and and they did open one on Sparks, but it's not the same. He he said he wanted me to know that um, a few of the cooks, waiters and waitresses went and opened up a place called Bobby's Table. It's on uh, Montreal Road and uh, 255 Montreal Road. People have told me about Bobby's Table before, just have not made it, but I'll have to give that a try. If you're on the line, we'll get to you soon. I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News, and uh, we're really going Beyond the News tonight. Mostly people wanting to talk about restaurants, but some other topics on the agenda as well. Give us a call. 521 Talk, 521 star 580. Beyond the News at CFRA.com if you want to email me. And, of course, you can find me on social media.
0: Beyond the News with Brian Lilly. Join the resistance on Facebook and Twitter at CFRA Ottawa.
1: I should have uh, I should have put this up on Facebook earlier. I didn't think about it. It's just a moment of inspiration, but getting lots of good um, lots of good reaction. Uh, Chris writing in about Tony's Pizza in Orleans, and Bill writing in about Napoli's on Richmond Road near Island Park Drive. Wonderful food and wonderful family who run it, he says. But if you want to call in, five two one talk five two one eight two five five star five eighty on Bell Mobility, Russ in Ottawa. You've been waiting a long time, Russ. I'm betting you got a good restaurant, though.
2: Yeah, Noah. You know what? I want to say a big shout-out to the executives at CFRA for bringing you in full-time. It's the smartest move they've made in a long time, and I'm so pleased that you're able to have this show and connect it at the same time with everything happening at the Rebel, so I'm glad there's no conflict in their mind. I I, I don't plan
1: on leaving either, and it's a lot of fun doing both, and you know, um, I don't get to do this sort of thing on The Rebel. I don't get to say, hey, what's your favorite restaurant?
2: Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll give you a restaurant, but I want to ask you real quickly, take you back in time to about, God, it must be about 16 years ago. You, Not that I want to talk about me. You interviewed me in the parking lot of CFRA when you used to work there. We brought you, if you remember, this stainless steel washing machine that, that, that scans mail for anthrax and poison. Oh, yeah. Remember that?
1: Yes, I fun. do. Anyway. Okay.
2: Oh, it, that never went anywhere, but uh, we did get uh, we, we did get up on Parliament Hill to uh, show them how it works, but I don't think the, the guys that invented it ever went any further with it, but it was an interesting idea. Uh,
1: there's a lot of security companies started up post-9-11 trying to help government with uh, all their problems and fears.
2: Oh, yeah, and there's lots of them. All right, restaurants, so mm-hmm. something happier and lighter. I mean, I could tell you to never forget about you know, staying on top of guys like that Omar al-Bagra and all of the liberal problems of the world. But we'll talk about a, a happier thing. Great restaurant, Carlsbad Springs, the DNS Southern Barbecue. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's great.
1: Well, I know it well. Uh, yep. you, I used to drive by it all the time. My sister-in-law used to live out past there. It yep. used to be something else, and so I've never really gone in. Uh, but it's, I guess it's been DNS Southern Barbecue for a long time now.
2: And they, you know what? The place is clean, modern. It's not, you know, it's not a redneck bar or whatnot. It's a great family restaurant. And when you go there, I love that place because they don't have, you know, I'm not that old, but they don't have loud music playing where you can't hear the people across the table from you. They don't have air conditioning blowing on your neck in the middle of January. So it, it, it's a great spot. The food that Dave and his troop make out there. Fantastic. Like, just unbelievable food. The ribs are great. The steak is good. You can get the chicken. You get, you know, all the stuff that they do. So it's a nice drive, you know, out to Carlsbad Springs for a family. There's always lots of parking. They treat you really, really Uh, well. And,
1: you know, it's Carlsbad Carlsbad Springs, Metropolitan Carlsbad Springs, where you can buy beer and wine and liquor in your corner store because it's civilized. And uh, they don't have to have it at a separate register. Proving that Kathleen Wynne's policies just are made-up garbage. There, we got in a political comment.
2: Oh, my Lord. Don't get me started. It
1: is one of these communities that has the the little agency store. And, um, yeah, you can stop. You can get cheap gas there because gas is cheaper outside, and you can get beer and wine and everything else. But you know what, Russ? I'll say this, and then i got to get to a couple of other people. My parents used to go looking for those small-town restaurants, and they'd always look for something just outside of town and also places where truckers would stop because they'd say, that'll tell you it's good food because those guys That's eat right. in restaurants all the time.
2: And the Mr. B's is a good recommendation. It's right across from the McDonald's and right next to the... I,
1: Wade I remember the sign now, yeah. All right, thanks. A good spot. Bye-bye. Let's go to Wade in Ottawa. Wade, Hello. your favorite restaurant. Hello, Brian. Good to speak to you. Ginkgo
16: Garden. Ottawa's little secret paradise.
1: What's it called?
16: Ginkgo Garden. Like
1: Ginkgo, G-I-N-K-O?
16: Yeah, G-I-N-K-G-O. Okay. Ginko. And it's actually, it's, it's the corner of Sellerin and Walkley. It's, 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 Brian, it's takeout and delivery only. It's absolutely the best I've ever had in when you get delivery, they don't put in the styrofoam. you got the deep dish uh it's it's it, they put so much food it, it's absolutely insane okay t- tell
1: me where this is again
16: uh, the corner of Salrat
1: and wokley okay
16: it, it, you should be a Harvey's but it's it's it's, it's in that little strip there
1: but oh Brian,
16: okay. yes but Brian yeah house special spicy chicken I challenge anybody today that contest that this is the best chicken wings they'll ever eat in their lives i swear to god it's so good it actually melted your mouth
1: i'm gonna have to check this out my mouth is watering
16: god, it is absolutely it's a good thing i record watering. these
1: shows so i can write them all down later because I'm, I'm i'm too uh too disorganized to have a pen in front of me
16: but don't expect styrofoam it's all topped up in tins it's bulging they they top it up like there's no tomorrow but the wings I challenge anybody to try these wings. They're the best in Ottawa me.
1: All right. Thanks for the call.
16: Okay,
10: Brian.
1: Tiny writes in to say that uh, he's got a few recommendations. Milano's Pizza in the Market for their Mexican pizza. Loves the keg for their top sirloin. And he says, the best poutine was made by me in Orleans at the Orleans Rec Center for 15 years. Hand or Gravy made from scratch and squeaky cheese from St. Albert. Family owned and operated, but they closed down in may sorry to hear about that but that does sound like an amazing puts in thanks for the call uh let's see donald calling up not about food but about uh donald trump on abortion hello duncan
11: oh good evening okay (laughs) i know i bring up uh uh you're onto the
1: happy topic it, it
11: seems i'm always bringing up uh controversial um subjects but i was wishing to comment on uh on on donald trump's marks uh, remarks mm-hmm. on abortion and i'm not defending tr- to, you know tr- trump in any way uh, having said that um i agree with him that uh, abortion should be outlawed where i disagree with him is that women should be punished i mean these are you know i mean the the, uh, the many of these people you know for goodness sakes are are are, are troubled Teenage girls with nowhere to turn, no one to talk to.
1: Yeah, well, it's um, th- this is why Trump was blasted by both pro-lifers and the pro-abortion folks as well for his comments, and uh, I think he's still trying to clean up that mess.
11: Yeah, good. You know, he he really has uh, he really has foot and mouth disease, doesn't he?
1: <laughs> he appears to. Thanks for the yeah. call, Duncan. But you know,
11: he's fun to impersonate.
1: Uh, you do a, you do a Trump impersonation?
11: Uh, thank you, Brian.
1: <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for the call. Point. All right, let's go to uh, Amy in Cornwall calling in about uh, favorite restaurants or a taste Hi, of Ottawa. Good
17: evening, good uh, evening. Brian. I'm a little nervous, so please bear with me. I just wanted to uh, say that uh, I wish I would have been there tonight because Ottawa sounds delicious. And I wish I would have had the, the pleasure to meet all you and your co-hosts and your colleagues. Uh,
1: Bill Carroll was there and uh, Rob Evan Snow, Solomon. Snowman was he there? Snowman was wandering around. In fact, he's the first person I saw when I walked in the building with Snowman. Oh, really? Yep.
17: I would have loved that. Yeah. Um, and I is,
1: just... he's posing for pictures with people and being <laughs> jovial on, the, oh, on I Twitter. Have, I
17: wish I would have been there. Yeah. I really wish I would have been there. Um, I, I, I love CFR and I love all you guys. And um, I, I just wanted to say, I'm not from Ottawa, but I have this little hole-in-the-wall restaurant here that I'd like to uh, plug into, if if you don't mind. Sure.
1: Is it, is it in Cornwall? Yes. Okay. We all it's have to pass I know through you Cornwall mentioned it a sometimes. While ago
17: that you go on business, and it's this little hole-in-the-wall um, place on uh, Munchal Road, mm-hmm. and it's called J&T. It's, it's actually owned by a Chinese uh, family. Yeah. And uh, the owner's name is, well, I'll just know his first name is Sam. And he has his wife working there, his mom, his dad, and the whole uh, – it's fantastic. And I, I just – I go there for the walk salad and the California rolls. They're absolutely delicious.
1: Uh, J&T on J&T. Montreal Road in uh, in Cornwall.
17: In Cornwall.
1: Okay. I'll have to check. That. Next time I'm down in Cornwall – it, Cornwall. It's normally I'm going for a story. The last time I remember going to Cornwall for a story was the city trying to force a family to take down their uh, <laughs> yeah. their rink in their front lawn. Yeah. And the com- <laughs> the complaint was laid by people that lived across the street and were snowbirds who were leaving the day after the or, or you know within days of laying the complaint. I, I was told.
17: Unbelievable. I know. We're <laughs> but it that we it's a great city. It and happens
1: everywhere, Amy. It I happens know. everywhere. I try
17: to tell you, Brian, before you let me go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love your show. Thank you and, very much. And uh, anyway, I just I think you're refreshing and I, I just I, I love you.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> Have you, a nice Amy. Bye bye. All right. A few more callers on the line. We'll get to your calls shortly. You wanna email? It's uh beyond the news at cfra.com. But if you're on the line, don't go away. Back to you in minutes.
0: He's hated in official Ottawa, which is okay in our books. Beyond the news with Brian Lilly on News Talk 580 CFRA.
1: Sure, Scooby Snack. Kitchissippi Beer Company sending out a tweet. Uh, thanks so much to CFRA Ottawa for inviting us to their Taste of Ottawa event with Fat Boys, uh, Golden Palace Egg Rolls, and Bottega Catering. Forgot to mention Kitchissippi Beer, local craft brewery, taking part in the event today, and uh, and Bottega, La Bottega Nicastro. Their sandwiches are fantastic, but you've got to line up for them. And if you can get a seat at the back, well, the food's good, but... Um, Good luck getting a seat at the back. Very popular. So I'm sometimes reduced to just drinking coffee from there. Fantastic place, though, and a good deli counter. Asking you your favorite restaurants, 521 talk five two one eight two five five star 580 on Bell Mobility. Keith is calling in from Chelsea. Hey, d- Keith? Yes? Does your favorite restaurant involve the word Chelsea in it? No, no. No? You
18: know, Past off of the day in Richmond, <clears throat> And my friend took me to the Royal Restaurant in Richmond. And apparently the father and mother had it for 40 years. And now they, well, they're retired. And the son has it now. And at four or five years. And it's, uh, we called in there today about uh, one o'clock.
16: <clears throat> we had a
18: beautiful lunch. It was um, beef and barley soup. And I think they call it lentils. And then there was um, a, a ham and lettuce sandwich on a croissant bun. And a Caesar salad, all for nine ninety-five.
1: Well, that sounds good. Oh, it's just uh,
18: so w- w- this
1: is in Richmond,
18: Richmond, Ontario, yeah. And what's it called? The Royal Restaurant.
1: Royal Restaurant yeah. out in Richmond. Richmond. See, you're calling in from Chelsea. I thought you were going to say the famous Chelsea Pub.
18: <laughs> no, no, well, it's good. I mean, it could, I guess, go too. But I, I was out traveling there today, and I, my friend took me in, and I was really, really taken aback by how good the food was. It was. We were both flabbergasted. Well, okay. Uh, for a beautiful you dinner, know, and we were full. And uh, for nine ninety five,
1: I um, there
18: was something else on the menu—a kind of a hot pizza—but we didn't want that. This was this was a real nice, like a special of the day.
1: And you had a good soup.
18: Oh, beautiful, beautiful beef and barley, and I think that she said lentils. But anyways, like beef and barley soup, was good.
1: There's two things that I don't um, I don't uh, give enough attention to on menus, George or Keith, and that is um, uh, soup and fish. And then when I do, I am like. Why don't I order this more often?
18: Yeah. Well, this this all came in a package, like on a on a big, a big, huge, big plate. The soup was in the bowl, and then the the sandwich was there, and also the a, a nice big uh, fresh Caesar salad, which the whole thing was just delicious. They like as if you eat now the highest class restaurant you'd want.
1: <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds grand. Thanks and for also, the call.
18: Yeah. I have one more. Okay. The goal, The um, not the the Moon Palace on Richmond Road. Now, he was a partner with the Golden Palace that's up at Carlingwood
1: mm-hmm.
18: from 58 to 78. Then they they broke away and went on his own. And he went down to Carling Avenue across from the big theater, the Britannia Theater. Mm-hmm. There's a Tim Hortons there. <clears throat> He's across the road. And it's I think it's the Moon Palace. Now, I could be wrong. It's a, a, a Chinese place. They make egg rolls the same as the Golden Palace, only a size smaller. So instead of charging $2 a piece, they're only one fifty. but they're the very same good taste and the same dark ends and all that. And they have, the, they have that extra good sauce, the plum sauce.
1: Okay. I'm not sure if it's still there. I'll, I'll try and oh, find it's, it. It was
18: just there last week. Okay. But he, he broke away from the other one in 78 and made his own down there. They were brothers or partners or something, hmm. but it's still going. And when you go in, there's a, a major D takes you to your table, and he's got a white tail over his arm. And then they give you the, the meal. There's six choices of a meal at noon, would say, for about 11 or $12. But it's chow um, me all them different ones. I hardly know the names of the Chinese. Six different choices of Chinese food. But it comes with two of the smaller egg rolls, but the same as the other palace. I think it's Moon Palace. And then they have uh, rice in a, like a bowl, but upside down, so it looks like a little, like an igloo shape. And then there's the main dish and there's, but it's, it's
1: really, really good. Okay, uh, we'll have too. to check that out as well. Thanks for the call, Keith. Okay. All right, going to uh, probably the last word to Gloria in Ottawa. Gloria, you're <laughs> calling in about jail.
10: Yeah. We've got yes. we've
1: got to keep it a little light, so I need to ask you about a restaurant first.
19: Oh, okay, absolutely.
1: <laughs> or, or we can do, or we can end happy and go with the restaurant after.
19: Okay. Whatever. You, no, I just—I'll tell you what. I just hope this poor man who who uh, who was uh, in the Ottawa jail um, and and in the health unit for for receiving um, care, health care. And instead, he was put on the floor in an overcrowded shower room where he died. You know, I I just feel that that he. I hope that he doesn't become a statistic, and and you know and well, and, and I, I was
1: talking to a guy who who called in yesterday, mm-hmm. and um oh yeah, I was filling in for Rob yesterday, so that that's when it happened. Right. It, guy called in said he spent four months at that detention center several years ago. Uh uh-huh we think of it as a medical center he, yes. he said it's it's just a place for you to go oh my god you're not getting medical treatment there
19: oh see yes this is what i was wondering what kind of medical care did he receive before he so died I, I
1: that that i don't know he said yeah. this guy said when he was in it was not um nothing it, it, it was not not a place where you would go and get care oh my so, god so um you know yeah. it, i I I hope they figure out what's going on and I hope they fix the problems at the jail. But,
19: um, you know, the the thing is, for me, I hope I mean, surely Patrick Brown or or Andrew Horvath should call an inquiry into this tragedy.
1: I mean, they can't call an inquiry. They can only ask for the um, the premier to do so. We'll see if a a coroner could take it up without uh, the legislature having to be involved. But, you
19: know, nothing. Yeah. We'll see. Right. I just feel somebody has to be held accountable for something as tragic as this. But now, going on to food. Now, I I really love ribs, and and I find that that's probably it's not a uh, maybe a popular restaurant mentioned, but Swiss Chalet I find serves up a real mean there's,
1: dish of ribs. <laughs> there's been an awful lot of talk of Swiss Chalet today.
19: Is that right?
1: Have you not heard they bought up St Hubert?
19: Oh, that's right. Oh well, at least it won't affect the ribs. They're worried that it's going to affect the the the, the uh, chicken of uh, Saint Hubert.
1: I don't think it will. It's, uh, I don't if they're know. smart, they leave it as it is. Yes. You know, they they can find deficiencies elsewhere. But people that love Saint Hubert, they love it. And you know, in Montreal, they still have the little delivery cars with the chicken on the roof driving around. <laughs> uh, I've never
19: tried that that chicken. I don't have you.
1: I, it was a long time ago. Yeah. I I did actually. If we didn't have the taste of Ottawa on tonight, there's a good chance I would have shown up with a quarter chicken dinner from each and started <laughs> really? the show by eating them on air. Because as long as you
19: don't smack your lips, you know, y- you and know, make us all hungry. If if
1: I can eat while working, yeah. and call it a job, <laughs> I'll do that.
19: That's ideal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm
1: not against that. It's why it's why I had the the guy on to talk about Irish whiskey a little while ago. <laughs>
19: Oh. did you did you imbibe? Is imbib, imbib? that what they call it? Imbibe?
1: Imbib? Yes. Absolutely, we we tasted the whiskey on the air and we talked about it.
19: Oh, good, and and you can highly I can't, recommend it. <laughs> I
1: can't tell you if it's good, Gloria, if I don't try it.
19: <laughs> that's true.
1: Now moderation, of course.
19: It, yes, and it's in the taste, isn't I it? I did
1: I did try it. Oh, uh, that's, well, all I'll, that's all. That's ad, all I'll admit to. <laughs> Thanks okay. for the call, Gloria. Thank
19: you. Bye. Good night. Good night.
1: Uh, thanks for listening in tonight. Thanks for playing along and uh, and having fun instead of just being serious politics. I'm sure we can get to more of that tomorrow, uh, but in the meantime, you want to uh, you want to follow me. You want to know what I'm doing. A couple people mentioned the Rebel Tonight uh, stories up at the Rebel include uh, asking about this love affair with Justin Trudeau and the media. The Globe and Mail, Canada's national newspaper of record, is becoming BuzzFeed. They did a whole thing on. Justin Trudeau's socks today. His freaking socks. You'll find that up on my Facebook page shortly. Check it out there. Make sure you uh, share, spread the word, and help the, the folks out there that are still wandering around in the fog. I'm Brian Lilly. This has been Beyond the News. Talk to you tomorrow.